Welcome to the Middle Tech Spotlight series, where we highlight entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem supporters that are building our startup ecosystem. We've been talking to the founders consistently over the last four years, and we want to use this series to keep tabs on the companies being built here and those that are helping to support it. Today, we are talking with Monique Kirkendall-Quarterman, the Executive Director of Kentucky Innovation, which is the Kentucky Cabinet for Economic Development's Office of Entrepreneurship. They're also Middle Tech's top sponsor that allows us to create all of this content that we do for Kentucky's business ecosystem. Before diving in, we just like to highlight the sponsors that make all of this possible. Before highlighting our sponsors, we'd just like to state that the views and content shared on this platform do not necessarily reflect those of our show sponsors. Middle Tech is presented by KY Innovation, the Kentucky Cabinet for Economic Development's Office of Entrepreneurship. KY Innovation exists to support and develop Kentucky's startup ecosystem, and we are proud to be supported by an organization whose mission aligns so closely with ours. If you're a founder building in Kentucky, you need to check out the resources that KY Innovation has to offer. You can find more information by clicking the link in our show notes or going to kyinnovation.com. All right, Monique, we are so excited to have you on. Uh, as I said in that intro there, uh, Kentucky Innovation plays a huge role in helping Middle Tech create all the content that we do to support Kentucky's business ecosystem. So I just want to start by saying a big thank you uh, for that support and welcome on to the Middle Tech Spotlight Series. Thank you. It's an honor to join you today, Logan. Absolutely. Um, well, let's just start uh, at the top here by learning a little bit about who Monique is. So You've been the executive director for how long now? About a year, a little over a year, two years, some, somewhere right around there. Um, talk just a little bit about your background uh, prior to Kentucky Innovation. Thank you so much for that question. It gives me a reason to brag that I am originally from Kentucky. I am from Hardin County, Kentucky, super proud of it. Uh, for undergraduate and graduate degree, um, I went to University of Louisville. It was during the time that I was going after my master's in business administration uh, that I joined the Office of Technology Transfer at the university, which is the office that is responsible for taking all of the wonderful ideas that are coming out of university community and packaging it to be um, attractive to industry and government. So when I left the University of Louisville with my MBA, I decided to join some startups in community, particularly Black-owned startups, women-owned startups in community and helping them to raise investment, raise their profile in the ecosystem. It was only a matter of time until I found myself uh, back uh, in the saddle um, directly in entrepreneurship as an entrepreneur myself, um, serving uh, as an innovation consultant in community. And that's where I got involved um, with the state government and also Kentucky Commercialization Ventures, which really kicked off my Kentucky innovation story. And so you've been involved in it from just about every angle. It sounds like you've done consulting, uh, you've helped fundraising, you've now got into this kind of uh, government support side of the of the equation. So it's awesome to hear you've got a background, you know, through and through helping entrepreneurs be more successful. Um, so it sounds like you're very, very cut out for the position. Um, let's dive into uh, Kentucky Innovation itself. Tell us a little bit about what the purpose of the organization is, and uh, we'll dive into some of the programs that you know comprise the actual organization itself. Yes, fantastic question. I feel like we're defining it every day. Kentucky Innovation is designed to be part of the economic development engine that really looks at ideation, how do we take these wonderful Kentucky homegrown ideas and find ways to nurture them and grow them in a way that produces high wages and good quality jobs for people to enjoy in community? 
A significant part of Kentucky's workforce uh, is employed by small business. We celebrate small business. And we also look to how do we scale small businesses? So Kentucky Innovation really is in an interesting sort of balance between this idea generation, which we do a lot with higher education um, partnership on, but also how do we grow and support the ideas that are coming from our communities in the form of startups, providing that traditional economic development support to um, your traditional small businesses. I like to call them mom and pops ice cream shop kind of businesses, all the way to how do we engage with industry to embrace this innovative lean so that they can continue growing their jobs, scaling uh, their impact and offering those high wages that keep our communities thriving. Yeah, I love that you guys are taking kind of that balanced approach to it because you can't you can't just focus on one of those. You know, the, uh, to have a thriving innovation ecosystem, you got to encompass kind of all of those aspects of uh, the innovation within corporations, the small businesses, like you mentioned, just like the ice cream shops. Uh, and that's how you have really a thriving innovation and business ecosystem. So I think that's uh, just a, a kudos to Kentucky Innovation for taking that broader approach to it, not just saying we're only going to focus on startups because while startups are great and exciting and everyone loves talking about, oh, look how much money they raised and the cool things that they're doing, the reality is that uh, you know there's a lot more people that are employed uh, by the small businesses and by the corporations that are being innovative and, and all of those sorts of things. That's um, exactly right. We got a little something for everyone. So we're excited to be able to offer and support our community in that way. Absolutely. Well, let's get into kind of the meat of this conversation, which is really just the state of innovation in Kentucky. Uh, so I know you do a lot of speaking around this at different events, uh, and uh, you put out content about this sort of thing. Um, so let's just start off by talking about you know some of some of the wins uh, that come to mind when you're talking about the state of innovation in Kentucky. So I'll let I'll let you take that where you want it, uh, and then we'll we'll dig in deeper as we go. Absolutely. When I think of wins, I think of so many different things that we see across our Commonwealth um, in partnership with the Cabinet for Economic Development, but also in, in partnership with our wonderful Team Kentucky Administration, the Bashir Administration. If you're enrolled in the Cabinet, and by the way, I recommend everyone follow the Cabinet on LinkedIn. Every other day, there's a new groundbreaking, something's growing, something's being built in Kentucky, and we all take ownership of that because it, it, it's something that's so important and is ensuring the future of our state. And this is the first and second best economic development years in our state's history. Um, that's so important in context because innovation is something that keeps those industries thriving and growing and expanding what they can do and impact. And so I'm so glad that Kentucky as a whole is in good footing. But when we think about some of the wins coming from Kentucky Innovation, we celebrate things that are obvious and also not so obvious, right? We mentioned some of the um, opportunities of unicorns and high scalables, right? So companies being acquired in Kentucky, raising into the tens of millions of dollars. We're in first position to celebrate all those kinds of things. But we're also in position uh, to celebrate some of the things that we hear less about, right? In the past three to five years, Kentucky has been multiple times an awardee for inclusive innovation ecosystems. That's something that we're quite proud of. We're also very proud of our relationship with federal agencies. 
Kentucky for several years now has had um, the Small Business Innovation Research Program going, but we're now diversifying those relationships across the state. So I think about the Kentucky Network for Innovation and Commercialization. That's a partnership with the National Institutes of Health, our university community and state government to support innovative health ideas that are designed to help people grow and thrive and be healthy growing individuals. We also have um, a recently announced NSF Engines proposal um, awarded for development award. These are significant investments coming from the federal government. Um, this investment from the government is coming in at really exciting rates. It's great to see that Kentucky is taking advantage of that. In addition to the wonderful announcement that we celebrated of $117 million in access to capital coming to Kentucky for small business access to capital, we are super excited about some of the wins that are going to impact Kentuckians' lives for the next one, three, five, ten years to come. Yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot that you just went over there that are would be fun to dig into. One of the things that we've talked a lot, a lot about on this podcast is just how incredible the investment that has come into the state under the Bashir administration has been. And we're going to dig into that a little bit more with, you know, these new battery plants that are moving into the state and trying to position ourselves as, you know, the the battery capital of the world. I think that is so exciting to see, and that's going to lead to so many things down the road as well. Um, and then one of the other things I know you're, you're particularly passionate about that I think is worth digging into a little bit more is is making sure this is all done in an inclusive way and making sure that marginalized communities don't get left behind when we're lifting up the business ecosystem in Kentucky. Um, so maybe just talk a little bit about you know how the rubber meets the road in, some, in, in that aspect specifically and making sure that everything is happening in an inclusive way. How are you guys actually going about doing that? That's a great question. And so I'll answer it in multiple ways. We try to embrace the beauty and the diversity that exists across our state. And so we find creative ways of uplifting this community-driven effort, right? So to think about um, diversity in two ways, starting with um, the industry diversity that's coming out, right? This um, electric vehicles and sustainability and metals Kentucky is working um, on building secret weapons in our pocket as a state that are designed to really embrace that sort of inclusive perspective to economic development as a whole. I'll shine light on the Metals Innovation Initiative, for example. This is a community-driven effort driven by our primary and, and um, fabricated metals industry leaders coming together and saying, hey, we see the awesomeness that's coming on um, with EV, with um, all of these federal investments into innovation. We wanna work together to get ahead of the ball, work together, be innovative, work directly with our university partners in serving that, that upcoming opportunity. So that's the sort of thing that really gets me excited and it's fantastic that the cabinet is able to support such a community-driven effort. The same thing goes for the more traditional definitions of what we think about inclusivity, right? The gender inclusivity, ethnic inclusivity. Um, we really approach it in a way that is, how do we empower our communities from corner to corner of our state to do the absolute best they can do in business with our support and thrive wherever they are in our state, right? So earlier in the time of Kentucky Innovation, we, see, we saw that introduced uh, with the concept of uh, geographic inclusion. So our Kentucky Enterprise Fund, which is one of the ways 
that the state works in community to make strategic investments in startups had a requirement for rural distribution. I'm so proud that when we went after larger instruments like the State Small Business Credit Initiative, we looked to our partnership with KSTC in order to say, we had a 20% um, goal when it comes to rural distribution of these funds. If we were following the, the U.S. Department of Treasury's definition of socially and economically disadvantaged enterprises, in the previous fiscal year, Kentucky Enterprise Fund is hovering around 60%. So not only are we meeting that guideline that's available in state statute, we were exceeding it. And not only were we exceeding it, we turned around and leveraged that story, leveraged that opportunity to go after more investment with partnership from our federal government, U.S. Department of Treasury. It's really illuminative to what other states can do. It's really illuminative to why Kentucky continues to invest in innovation inclusivity. Um, and it's something that I think really complements the efforts that we put in for inclusivity in addition to some of the supporting some of the community driven events. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the common themes that I really resonate there is geographical uh, inclusivity there. So I'm I'm from Ashland, Kentucky, which we kind of call ourselves Eastern Kentucky. It's kind of Northeastern. But um, having spent a lot of time in Eastern Kentucky, and I'm not just isolating Eastern Kentucky when I talk about this, but typically, you know, Appalachia, that sort of area of the state was not included in, in a lot of ways when you think about a thriving business ecosystem and getting the same support that uh, cities like Louisville and Lexington were getting. So I think that's just something to kind of pull out of what you're saying, that it doesn't, you know, you hear ex or inclusivity and you immediately want to think of gender uh, inclusivity and ethnic uh, inclusivity, but it, it, it expands further than that into that geographic as well. And I think that's just something to hit on in a state that I think a lot of people in, in these different regions probably feel like they were left behind for a long time. So it's just mm -hmm. nice to hear that, you know, it's being it's being thought of and, and worked on in a very thoughtful way. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. specifically, it's very broad, the groups that were able to increase support on that basis in partnership with the U.S. Department of Treasury. We're talking black owned businesses, woman owned businesses, rural businesses, businesses that are located in a community development financial institution zone, um, businesses owned by owners where English uh, may not be their first language. Um, it's very broad, and I think that it's going to have great impact in community. Absolutely. Um, all right, well, moving on to like some of the critiques and challenges uh, that, are, that are being faced by the, the state as it relates to innovation and entrepreneurship. Um, talk about a few that come to your mind uh, when, I, when, we, when we say critiques and challenges. Yes. Well, one of the things that we're looking at is the innovation community as a whole on a national and as a global scale is changing. It's reorienting its definition about um, the nation's needs and what, are going, what is going to fuel it. It's one of the reasons why the federal government is investing and record pace in innovation programming nationwide. We saw this challenge coming um, that it can be really overwhelming sometimes to have so many opportunities out there and finding sort of those real relationships that are needed in order to go after these opportunities in an organized and collaborative manner. That's one thing that all of these opportunities have in common is that they say, we don't want just one organization. We want you to collaborate, Kentucky. We hmm. were in a really awesome position in that 
by having six regional Kentucky innovation hubs, by having Kentucky commercialization ventures, where all 24 of our public higher education institutions were accustomed to working together, that really gave us an extremely unique advantage. Because let's be clear, when these national opportunities come to the forefront, um, a lot of times they're put out as competitive opportunities. And so I think it's been really fortunate to be able to collaborate quickly uh, with different stakeholders and groups on the basis of some of the programming that we put out there. We're managing that challenge really awesomely, and I'm really excited to see some fruits already come out of these proposal opportunities, but we're definitely championing more and outside of the usual suspects for going after some of these opportunities and building the supports uh, to help them go after it more regularly. So for example, our Kentucky Apex Accelerator, it used to be the Kentucky Procurement Technical Assistance Center. Uh, it is an office that specifically helps businesses in Kentucky, organizations in Kentucky, get appropriately registered to respond to federal opportunities, um, whether it be grants, but usually it's contracts. Knowing that Kentuckians can go after more opportunities to partner directly with government or large primes, these are the things that we try to promote in community. Very similarly, our uh, state trade expansion program, we are always promoting that program because we want more Kentucky products, these great high quality Kentucky products to reach markets overseas. And so a lot of folks don't know in community that we have funds available to help Kentucky businesses get their products overseas. These are the, these sort of promotional challenges are out there and we're certainly not the only states that, that are dealing with them, but we're definitely taking a, a forward approach to trying to solve it before it comes an issue. Absolutely. And, you know, one challenge that uh, that we hear a lot whenever we talk to entrepreneurs that I'd love to hear your thoughts on is uh, access to capital and just the amount of capital that gets invested here in Kentucky. So when we had our angel investing event uh, a few weeks back in May, um, Evan kind of called out the the data, the differences in the data in terms of capital that's being invested in states like uh, uh, Indiana and Tennessee and Ohio and Kentucky kind of lagging behind in that right now. Um, and we hear that a lot from entrepreneurs. And, you know, it's kind of, there's both sides of it. You got to have the the companies being built here for uh, the capital to be invested into. And, you know, we're getting to that point now. We're a growing ecosystem. You also have to have the capital in the ecosystem. And one of the things that was called out is Kentucky has not yet had one of those massive exits that just puts a ton of capital back into the ecosystem. Like, for example, Indianapolis has I think it was exact target was acquired by uh, Salesforce and it just made a bunch of people pretty wealthy. And then they were able to go in and continue investing in that ecosystem. So from your perspective uh, and from Kentucky innovations perspective, how do you guys think about increasing access to capital and just increasing the amount of capital that gets put into Kentucky companies uh, in the state? That's a fantastic question, Logan. And so I like to answer it with a little bit of history, right? Because it really illuminates the strategy that we're after. Um, and it really sort of highlights where Kentucky um, has set off on a path that now we're able to really take a stride and make huge impacts that maybe weren't possible before. So our relationship to the State Small Business Credit Initiative began in 2010, but I'm going to go even further back, right? 
In 2000, the Kentucky Innovation Act created um, what is now known as the Kentucky Enterprise Fund. And then in 2001, Commonwealth Seed Capital was created. Um, shout out to Commonwealth Seed Capital and Keyhorse Capital. They are our partners uh, in that effort for early, early seed stage investment going into Kentucky businesses tied to state dollars. And the idea was that if we're able to work with the investment communities in addition to seeding some of these companies, um, we'll be able to get these companies to catch fire and bring in some more attention, bring in some more growth. And that has worked really well. The Kentucky Enterprise Fund is a, an instrument that continues to be funded year over year, but it now has a return on investment account that is significant, that continues to be reinvested into Kentucky-based companies. So we are really excited about that success. Our Commonwealth Seed Capital is a board of community-based investors, um, and there is a lot of geographic diversity, a lot of diversity as a whole on that board, um, so that entrepreneurs can come and, and talk to an instrument um, where they're familiar. They're talking to a board of investors and entrepreneurs. Um, so it's really awesome to see those programs for early stage capital thrive. But for example, with Kentucky Enterprise Fund, by statute, it's capped in the amount of benefit that any individual company can receive from that instrument. When Kentucky received the State Small Business Credit Initiative 1.0 back in 2010, we did the absolute most that we could do, and it was a tremendous success. Out of 15.5 million um, that we deployed in community in the form of collateral support, um, I think we had 178 million in impact uh, by the time it was done, also including continuation dollars from the state of Kentucky. That is tremendous, right? It's not. It's not as. Um, it's not an instrument that is as known in the startup community, but in the traditional small business community, it was really moving some barriers when it comes to being able to access that collateral and lower that barrier um, in access to funds. So when we came back around for SSBCI 2.0, I give Kentucky all of the credit in the world because not only did we decide to continue to fund those lending programs where you have collateral support and loan participation, but 70% of that allocation is designed to go into venture capital programs. That was very intentional. It was with recognition that when it comes to cash incentives from the state, we were very limited with the instruments that we currently have. We had great results from them that we could show Department of Treasury, and we're grateful for the federal government for meeting us in the middle and trusting us with increasing the amount of support. The only thing with that is that this is a brand new program to our state. We are changing history in what's available in access to capital for startups in our state. We are working so hard to figure this all out and work out the compliance and things with the federal government. But really, I think it's something that we all should celebrate as a startup ecosystem, because even though the Department of Treasury had allocations for states, it wasn't automatic. We had to apply and justify, justify, justify. Mm. And we would not receive that allocation, especially for the venture capital funds, if we didn't have the federal government's belief in us as well. Um, so I'm really excited for what this is going to mean for the future of startup capital. And the most important part of this, Logan, is that SS SSBCI dollars isn't all on the state's shoulder. 
it is a match um, instrument that requires private investment. So yep. we're really excited about what this is going to do for the investment community across Kentucky as well. Yeah, and I will say you guys have the right people in place that are are boots on the ground helping with that. And one that comes to mind immediately is, is Kelby Price, who gets shout outs on this podcast mm -hmm. a good bit, which funny enough, we've not had the opportunity to actually have him on the podcast. So we need to <laughs> let him come and defend himself a little bit. Uh, but no, we uh, Evan speaks very highly of Kelby and, and a lot of the other entrepreneurs that we've had on here that have received funds from Kelby or talked with Kelby, gotten feedback from Kelby, uh, have all spoken very highly of him. And I know that's just the tip of the iceberg um, in terms of the the people that are boots on the ground, making sure that uh, these things are having focus placed on them in our in our ecosystem. And you know, the, the kind of the last thing I'll say about that is, uh, it's one thing to identify a problem; it's another thing to get to the solution. And these sorts of things just take a long time. You know, it's it's not something you can snap your fingers and be like, oh, we have access to capital; it's fixed in Kentucky. It's not fixed with one program. So the fact that you guys are taking such an extensive approach to it, uh, and you're you're putting the people uh, on the ground that that are making the difference uh, is encouraging. And, you know, it's one of those things that we'll continue to talk about and shed light on and get excited about as it, as it evolves. Um, and that kind of brings me to what I wanted to, to talk about next, just in this kind of state of uh, innovation in Kentucky. And that is uh, just the programs that are within uh, Kentucky Innovation. So I want to try and, and talk about these in a way that it doesn't turn into like this big web of, of everything, uh, everything that you guys are involved in. So First, I want to differentiate between the hubs uh, that kind of that you guys support and then the programs that entrepreneurs can take advantage of, whether it's within those hubs or directly through Kentucky Innovation. So, uh, yeah, I'll let you take it from there, um, but just want to kind of try and differentiate between some of those things so that it doesn't sound too confusing for entrepreneurs who might want to take advantage of it. Oh, I appreciate that question, Logan. We just had some um, entrepreneurs uh, over at the office today, and we were uh, discussing the difference in the evolution of the hubs programs of, over mm -hmm. the years. So a lot of people who have been in the ecosystems across Kentucky for a long time remember the Kentucky Innovation Network, and it was great. There were plenty of offices across the state of Kentucky designed to be a front door in community. I'm very, very proud of our growth in partnership and collaboration within the Cabinet for Economic Development because the latest similar iteration is our six regional Kentucky innovation hubs. And I'm always proud of this part, so pardon my emphasis, but these are community-owned and operated mm. hubs, right? not only to be able to go to an office and access everything that Kentucky Innovation and the surrounding regions have to offer, but to know that these are people living in your communities, serving your communities, um, it really makes a difference for me. And to specifically shout them out, um, the six regional hubs are Sprocket for Western Kentucky, um, Bowling Green is the Create Hub, um, um, for Central Western Kentucky. Um, we also have Amplify in Louisville, Awesome Inc. in Lexington, SOAR, the massive SOAR region covering Eastern Kentucky, and also Blue North uh, supporting Northern Kentucky. And it's fantastic because it is not only a front door to community, it is your social capital network. I am so proud of these hubs because not only are they tasked with discovering what's out there in their communities, but Kentucky gives them a run for their money and that they come up with some really innovative ideas. It is impossible for any one organization or one person to know what to do with all of those ideas. 
So they keep up a wonderful um, network amongst themselves to make sure that Kentucky businesses, no matter where they are, are getting access to the things that they need. And speaking of the things that they need, right, that's where we are so um, accessible to our hubs. We're there to help with the access to capital components, whether it is a startup investment or small business lending in the form of loan participation or collateral support um, and participation with our participating lenders. 41 participating lenders um, supported our SSBCI 1.0 program for 2010, um, and several dozens of counties participated. Um, so we like to be in the middle, um, really supporting some of those specific efforts. Um, KSTC also has a role with the six uh, regional hubs in getting them convened and sharing ideas and things. And that's also the home of some of our um, specialized support, like the Kentucky Apex Accelerator. They won a national award this year from the DOD for their support and coaching to businesses going after contracts. We have small business innovation research. Um, grant programs that are happening out of KSTC. I mentioned Keyhorse. Um, there's really a wide variety of things available. But I will also say when it comes to resources, a lot of people don't know, and I'm so proud of it, is that, you know, for our traditional economic development instruments, talking the tax credit programs, right? We have an angel investment tax credit. We yep. have a Kentucky Investor Investment Fund Act tax credit um, for investor communities. We have a Kentucky Selling Farmer tax credit. So if you have a, a farm and you're wanting to sell it um, to someone else, um, the next generation farmer, we have a tax credit for that. We have a tax credit for if you're growing your business and keeping those new employees on for a year. These are sort of the traditional economic development instruments that we work in, and we're processing 40% of the business application approvals for the Cabinet for Economic Development, which is pretty astounding when you think of it. Um, so in scale, we have the partner programs that are really accessible in so many communities across Kentucky, I cannot name them all, um, as satellite offices through our Kentucky Innovation Hubs. But then we also have some of the core supports uh, in Kentucky Innovation through the Kentucky Cabinet for Economic Development. And for those that are a little bit shy and like to stay home, we also support media and different um, groups that get the word out about what's out there. Middle Tech Podcast, Kentucky Inno. We like to share the stories of success so that we have our entrepreneurs always sitting at the edge of their seat waiting to go after more. Yeah. And I, I think the model that you guys take about it, it's almost, I, I want to describe it as like a de decentralized model in a way. It's like you're, you're allowing the regional hubs to go and be involved in their community and, you know, let that kind of all flow back to the support that Kentucky Innovation offers. And I think that that is just the right way to go about it because you're, you're interacting and dealing with people that you're familiar with in your own community. So like for Middle Tech, Middle Tech was basically born out of Awesome Inc. I was a, an employee at Awesome Inc. that kind of learned about entrepreneurship and startups through them, learned about all how the startup ecosystem functioned. And then uh, we decided that somebody needed to be creating more content about everything going on in this ecosystem. And now Kentucky Innovation supports Middle Tech. Um, so the way you guys kind of distribute your resources in this kind of decentralized way, I think is just a smart way to go about it because it all it all flows back to to Kentucky Innovation and making sure that those resources are distributed and accessible and known uh, in our ecosystem. 
Um, so I just, I, res I resonate with it and efficient. Because it's, yeah. a, it's a limited amount of resources, right? And I'm so grateful that Kentucky punches above its weight when it comes to state investment and innovation. Um, but we have to always think efficiency. And so I'm glad to hear that, learn that story about you, Logan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, as we, as we wrap things up here, um, one of our ending questions, you know, as we uh, kind of formulate what the spotlight series is going to be trying to have the same guests on over time and just tell the story of how our ecosystem is evolving and growing over the years. Uh, whenever we have you back on, whether it's one year from now or a few years from now, uh, what's your, your primary focus? What do you want to see accomplished in Kentucky's startup and innovation ecosystem over the next one to three years? Yes. What I would like to see accomplished. That's a fantastic question. You know, I think about the work that has went into this ecosystem and we have been growing so fast. Even the Kentucky Innovation Office has only existed uh, within the past 10 years, right? Um, to think about what I would want next is to see the wonderful um, administrations and legislature and federal government and university community and startup and investor community all building this beautiful thing that is now Kentucky's award-winning innovation and entrepreneurship ecosystem. I can't wait to hear the stories that come out of it, to see, um, and we're already getting them now, which is, you know, added bonus, cherry on top. Um, but I really, we like to think of it in terms of, I would really be excited to hear about some a company from every county, every 120 counties, um, you know, exiting and having great uh, hiring and growing and scaling. Um, we talk about with our state trade expansion program, how much we want to award um, a company from every county. That's the sort of look I, I look at it from mm. the ecosystem development. How awesome would it be? if we could look to the young generation, the high schoolers, and say, you know, no matter what county you come from, if you come from Kentucky and you live in Kentucky, you can make it as an entrepreneur um, and say it confidently and them not have to feel like they have to look a certain way or live in a city or live in a certain area, um, but they can make it happen and they can make it happen here with the tools that they have that would be an incredibly honor, a great honor as a Kentuckian. I love it. Well, I'm actually going to go and insert this one back in. I skipped over a question I wanted to ask, and I think it's an important mm -hmm. one for our audience. Um, tell us a little bit about the role that Kentucky Innovation is playing in helping Kentucky become this EV capital of the world. So we talked about, you know, these these massive investments that has have happened under the Bashir administration, and a lot of those have been with these massive battery plants. Um, talk about how uh, Kentucky Innovation is playing a role in that. That's a great question, Logan. And woo, we do a lot. <laughs> I bet, I bet. We really try to rally all of the um, diversity of resources and contacts and stakeholders we can to ensure the success and the stickiness of the mm. companies and manufacturers that are coming here uh, to co-locate, right? So in addition to some of the high level projects that you see that are announced related to EV, the cabinet has released the Connects platform um, that really makes it an awesome process to get organized as a supplier in making sure that you're recognizable by our large industries and ready mm -hmm. to do business. Um, but we also have ongoing constant conversations with our academic community. 
how are your innovations going to translate into this sector? And how do we support that process of doing so, so that there's a symbiotic relationship between industry supporting academia and academia supporting industry for the long term? You know, we also look at how to convene and amplify opportunity among these industrial partners, right? Because a lot of them uh, share the same challenges no matter where they're located, right? They're talking talent, they're talking suppliers and things like that. How do we get them together and bring solution providers to them in a way that makes it really comfortable for them to do the business as they intended? These are the things that we're constantly working on, thinking about, chasing down, uh, in addition to adding direct investment from the state, but also attracting federal investment uh, to make sure that we get this right. So it's been an honor to be a part of that project, right? How cool is that? We see a, sh a transition on a national level where Kentucky is the seat of it all, um, but it's really cool to also be the, at the forefront of what the art looks like and bringing people together around it. Yeah, it's crazy to think about what kind of impacts this is going to have on our entire business ecosystem because it's not just the battery plant that's going to have a big impact. It's all of the businesses that have to support all of the people that are coming along to run that factory. And it, it's great to hear that it's being thought of, you know, how can we ensure our ecosystem is ready to support the those who are going to support the ecosystem, you know, and all of the people that are coming in. You know, there's a whole support ecosystem for the supporters uh, in, in, in a way. Um, so that's awesome to hear that you guys are, are just as involved in uh, deeply ingrained in that as well. So I will reinsert that part back into the podcast. So that is, I didn't want to skip that one because that's a, a big going on here in Kentucky. So Monique, thanks so much for, for doing this. This was a lot of fun. It's my pleasure. And truly, thank you to Middle Tech Podcast. Thank you for telling the authentic Kentucky stories of entrepreneurs that are getting out there, improving their communities, hiring people, making awesome things and shipping them all over the world. Uh, the Midwest has a whole lot to say. And so we're grateful to Middle Tech Podcast for helping us tell that story. That means a lot. That means a whole lot to us. Well, this was great. We're excited to release this and get more of the word out about uh, about Kentucky innovation. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening and thanks again for taking the time to do it. Thank you again. Have a great one.